welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss an article from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Fall Catalyzed Treatments. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dave Boxler, who's a Nebraska Extension educator and entomologist based at the West Central Research and Extension Center. Thanks for joining me today. You're most welcome, Aaron. Well, Dr. Boxler, this is the time of year when we often see cattle coming in from pasture, getting ready to go to corn stalks, the time of year when we see folks weaning calves, preg checking cows. This is also when we often see people treating cattle for lice. And in this article, you just highlight the importance of understanding that now may be a little bit too early to do that. But then also, what are some treatment options as we think about treatment of cattle for lice as we move through the fall into the winter? Well, it, you know, our, our weather has been dictating some of the things that we can and cannot do with uh, controlling cattle lice. And we're going on our third fall season now where temperatures have been above average. And, uh, you know, the last couple of days we were experiencing temperatures approaching 90 degrees and ambient temperatures uh, above 70, 75 will raise the skin temperature of the animals to well over 100 degrees, which has a negative impact on cattle lice reproduction and, and, and growth. So in the uh, old days, years ago, when our weather patterns were a little bit different, we would cool off much earlier in the fall season and experience our, our frosts a little bit earlier than we are currently uh, at this point in time. So people would have uh, a greater opportunity to probably control some of the lice populations uh, when it was much cooler. What happens now, the cattle lice will oversummer on an animal in a condition that we call estivation, which is kind of like uh, they go into reproductive dormancy. So they're not reproducing. They're on the animal, but they're really not active. And since cattle lice are really a, a cold weather insect, their reproduction rate really doesn't start to increase till temperatures really fall. And so far, we have not seen that here in Nebraska at all this year. We may get a touch of uh, fall weather later this week, but I'm not sure what uh, the weather will hold after that weather front comes through. We may warm right back up to where we were and like last year, we were experiencing 75 degree temperatures well into November. So that really suppresses the population. And I know that many producers uh, at this time of the year would like to take care of internal parasites. So they will uh, apply an endectocide. And in the process, they hope to get some lice control. But if the lice really aren't active, uh, there may be some skips occurring and what could happen when it does cool down and, and get winterish, lice numbers will start to increase. And by that time, the effectiveness of the endectocytes has long been passed. So you start to have lice numbers increase, usually in the latter part of December, especially January and then early February. So if producers choose to apply an endectocide, certainly for internal parasites now, and hope to get some lice control from that application, I would encourage the producers to 
look at their cattle very closely as we approach the latter part of December. Observe whether they're, they're scratching or losing hair because that may be an indicator that lice numbers are increasing. And then they should think about applying a control product. And I would recommend late uh, December or early January, depending upon how cold we actually get. There are some options that we can use. Uh, certainly, we could go back to an indecticide poron, which will control the chewing louse species as well as the sucking lice species. There's also uh, some synthetic pyrethroid porons. They work by contact. They, they're not a systemic product, so they'll only kill what, uh, what they come in contact with as far as the lice numbers. We do have a third type of poron, which has a, a synthetic pyrethroid as well as a insect growth disruptor. And that particular product actually is ovicidal too. So it's it's been used uh, quite frequently here over the last five to 10 years, especially as a rescue treatment if all else fails. So those are some options, but I, I think I would encourage our producers to really observe their animals as we get into the into the really cold part of winter and uh, look for so signs of, of hair loss, scratching, and irritability uh, by the animals. One of the things you mentioned in the article that I think really is important is thinking about the type of product you're using and thinking about changing up the modes of action in terms of what's the active ingredient that's impacting or controlling those lice. There has been some evidence in some situations where we may be starting to see some resistance to some of these products. And so this is important. Well, indeed. And unfortunately, we don't have uh, any new products coming forward at this time as far as new modes of action. So we have to become really good stewards of the modes of actions that we do have available. In some cases, especially with certain uh, pyrethroid porons, you may have to retreat 14 days after your first treatment. There are some products out there that are very effective with just one treatment. So you need to really read the label thoroughly when you're choosing your control product. If you choose a product where it is required to have two treatments and you only do one, you're certainly going to most likely have a reinfestation and will be wondering why the product didn't work. So I strongly encourage producers to read the label closely and follow those label directions because it'll help improve the, the efficacy of the products. One of the other things that I really appreciated that you included in the article is a link to a website that talks about different modes of actions and their effectiveness. Uh, that's www.veterinaryentomology.org. And I think that's really worth taking a moment to go take a look at and to just give some perspective on what are some products I should think about using uh, based on maybe what I've used in the past. Absolutely. It is a wonderful website and it is put together by a group of veterinary livestock entomologists across the country. And there's a lot of great information, not only on lice control, but other ectoparasites that uh, bother livestock throughout the year. So it's a great uh, resource, and I would highly recommend all of our livestock producers to visit uh, the site. Uh, there are videos there. There's descriptions of, of various uh, ectoparasite pests. 
So I think it's a it's a great resource for our livestock producers. Dave, anything else you'd like to highlight on this today? Well, I, I think we have to be vigilant of the of the weather. It looks like that we we've settled into a pattern where we're going to be continuing to be warmer in the falls, and that's going to really change our our thought process on when we should be treating for cattle lice. And actually, I, I might throw this in too. You know, we we do have still small populations of horn flies out there. And as long as our temperatures remain very warm and above average, we will continue to support a, a horn fly population until we get a, a hard freeze. And that may occur certainly in western Nebraska, but it may not occur in eastern Nebraska here in the next few days. So weather is uh, really impacting insect life cycles and how long they remain active in the fall season. So as we move forward in, the, in over the next few years, we're going to have to be uh, very mindful of the weather pattern changing and how it affects uh, when we make those control applications. Well, Dave, thanks for writing the article and for joining me today. Well, you're most welcome. I appreciate uh, getting the word out. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you can find the article we discussed today, Fall Cattle Lice Treatments, as well as a number of other resources on this topic.